This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stenner and myself, Matthew Schlomovitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created. Contrafacta is a Holland-based duo consisting of Jesse Brockman on electronics and Christian Smith on drums. And in August of 2022, they released their first album called A Place to Sing at Night on the label Moon Villain. In this episode, they discuss the artistic process leading up to this very intense and atmospheric release. As always, we recommend that you check out the album in its entirety and also Kristen's video on the link provided.
name is Jesse Broekman. I'm a composer and teacher of composition and electronic music. I've worked, written a lot of notated music uh, to be performed by classical ensembles over the years and on some installation work. But I think this album is really the first more improvised electronic album that, that I've made. My name is Christian Smith. I'm a percussionist uh, living in The Hague. And I work in a lot of different fields. Um, currently, I do a lot of improvised music as well as composed music. I also DJ a little bit on the side and am also working full-time in a landscaping company. So I have a lot of different interests. Um, and I guess I also forgot to mention that I produce video art, including several videos for tracks on this album. So we're here today to talk about the album A Place to Sing at Night by the duo Contrafacta, which is made up of Christian and me, that we've just released a couple of weeks ago on the label Moon Villain, which is run out of Boston by, by Tim Davison. So me and Christian have been working together for a long time because Christian plays also a lot of contemporary classical music and in my role as composer, we've worked together. He plays with Urknall. We've worked together on solo projects. This project started with kind of a failed theater project that happened about four years ago, where I noticed that as a composer, I don't have a lot of means at my disposal if I don't have any instrumentalists close by. And there I started like working more with the computer, writing different Max patches, and then mainly processing other music, like found recordings, uh, especially recordings that were a bit worn. Like some of my favorites were stuff that's been recorded in the 70s somewhere. Someone ripped it off of the television on a VCR, and then someone uploaded uh, a rip of that VCR to YouTube. So there's like several stages of, of uh, loss in between the original. And uh, there was kind of a need, a lot of the stuff that came out of these patches, on the one hand, it has an ambient side. A lot of things are really stretched out. And on the other hand, there's a lot of like very fine-grained rhythmical things going on. And then it became more and more clear that what this material really needed was drums something really percussive and that's where Christian came in uh, so yeah I prepared some of the material on my own as a preparation and then we started talking about this and uh, then yeah we kind of came up with the structure together of how it should fit together these these electronic sketches and and all the percussion that we would record live and and that turned out to be this album in the end yeah, so after uh, some months, Yessa talked to me about adding drums, that he would like to add drums to these tracks. And actually, I initially did not think... It's not that I thought it was a bad idea. I thought, okay, it's cool. Um, but I actually thought that the tracks were really nice on their own. And I was also not totally sure how I could do something that would really contribute uh, to the music in a meaningful way. A little bit of background, in all the tracks there is some drum processing or digital drum processing that's coming from the uh, source material. So we tried to listen to that exclusively and sort of mimic it 
or not mimic it, but like, well, yeah, basically try to replicate that intensity um, and unpredictability. Um, we keep on calling it sort of like stochastic sort of things, like sort of rhythmic, but not too rhythmic, but also not too random, like somewhere in between there. And then we listened to that, that stuff and actually it did sound really cool. And then I got very excited that, okay, there's actually some potential here. Let's go into the studio and into an actual studio space with a drum set and, and see really what is actually possible.
so we'd already like laid out some plans on how to go into the recording but um, yeah then then the recording went really fast because we were recording under lockdown uh, in the Netherlands there was a curfew so we basically just locked ourselves up in a studio in Zandam which is just outside of Amsterdam and, and quite close to the part where of the country where I grew up and we just in one whole night we recorded all the drums and and I think this was really important that we like condensed this time where we would allow ourselves to actually do it to like grasp this moment in time where we were really feeling this this album because I think if you listen to the drums then then you can imagine that it's a lot of material that you shouldn't overthink that maybe the initial impulse and energy that you started with is is better than after 10 takes or after working on it for weeks and weeks and weeks. I have been for the past, I guess, four years. I've been working with video as a way to add something to some of the pieces I do live, just filming with my phone. I used to just film things handheld, mostly landscape shots. And then in the past year or so, I, I started getting a little bit more specific about what I wanted to do. And uh, for this project especially, I over the course of the year, I was working on the video for this uh, track that we're going to listen to for this love, um, editing it, doing a lot of post-processing. I'm very interested, though that's changing now, I'm very interested in, in sort of a, for lack of a better word, a psychedelic um, aesthetic, but mainly just in terms of like seeing things in the images that are kind of almost tangible, but so obscured underneath like color and layers and and choppiness everything's very lo-fi mostly out of necessity that i don't actually own a professional video camera or really for that matter i don't consider myself to know a lot about cameras so i just prefer to work with like the phone which is just very easy because i just have my tripod with me most of the time and if i see something i want to shoot i just can do it what i was going for specifically with the video i made for for this love was to kind of emphasize the rhythm and the pacing of the music um really trying to get all the hits almost to a fault if i did it again i would probably do the same thing but after kind of looking at it and what i'm trying to do now is i'm with my work is i'm trying to get maybe less of this sort of like emphasis on all of the phrasing and all of the attacks in the music and trying to let the images speak for themselves it's a very intuitive process for me also like the drumming yeah i like the intuitive nature of videos similar to to improvising and just um finding things that i like to look at and and that work well with with the music that i'm arranging for All these tracks on the album started their life in other pieces of music and there what interests me there was there is something that comes from another time that comes from a completely other genre and it's been filtered through the medium that it's recorded on and the style of production 
in, I don't know, the 60s, 70s, 80s, whenever it was recorded. And then all the formats that are in between you and the primary recording. And then I took this into the computer and I started working on it. So a bit plunderphonic style. And I was using different patches that I'd written in, in Max MSP and some have a granular approach, some have a more FFT based thing. And both those approaches allow you to kind of put the microscope to this recording and find out, okay, what kind of sound, what kind of harmony is taking place in every second of the piece. And you can lift that out of context and, and put it into, into a new context, which ended up being this album. You can really hear this, these granular textures, these like stochastic textures that are kind of random, but not really because they do have to do deal with the patch and they do have to deal with the material that you put into it. And then I think a lot of what this technology is trying to do is kind of exaggerate some of the, the character of the material that it starts out with. So you start with a recording that's kind of already has a vibrato and a tape warble because it was once on a VCR because before it got uploaded to a bad lossy uh, digital format on YouTube. If you put this already vibratoing, glissandoing material through the granular patch, then you get this huge chorusing effect because everything is out of tune with each other and now you're layering it. So now you get this very rich field. So yeah, my favorite singers, for instance, to get the material from were singers that really sing really, really out of tune because you just get this much richer material from it. Mm -hmm. 